get me. From Studio A in Arcata, behind the Redwood Curtain, it's time for... Suckatash. Yes, Suckatash, the comedy soundcast, soundcast featuring snippets from comedy... Soundcast. And also interviews with comedians, comedian soundcasters, and other showbiz folk. And now, here's this episode's host from up the coast, the man who puts the X in Xbox and the tie on antisocial, comedy soundcast soundcaster, Tyson Saner. Saner. Insaner. Insaner. Thank you, Bill Haywatt. Saluto and Estes me, Tyson Saner, welcoming you to Suckatash, episode 347. I will be your host for the duration of this episode, as it is my turn to do so. Last week, in episode 346, subtitled Clips Like a Lion, show creator and executive producer of Suckatash, Mark Hershon, brought you a Clips episode, plus a little something extra. The clips featured in that episode were from the soundcast known as Dear Chelsea, The J Train Podcast, and Two Vegan Idiots. The aforementioned extra took the form of a contribution from comedian Dan St. Paul's Slices blog called Rebel Without a Phone. It was an entertaining episode that, if you were to want to listen to that as well, you absolutely could on this listening platform or on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, Amazon Music, Audible, iHeartRadio, Podbay, Podchaser, and as always, on our home site at SuckatashShow.com. This is provided, of course, that you found us somewhere other than those previously mentioned platforms. This week, in episode 347, I have clips for you as well, and they are from the soundcasts How Did This Get Made, Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum, and Nooner Podcast. It's extremely likely that you will also be encountering a classic advertisement from our longtime fake sponsor, Henderson's Pants, somewhere later in the episode as well. I can't think of a single good reason to delay your listening enjoyment of what I have picked out for you, so let's go right ahead and get into the clippage. First up, How Did This Get Made from Earwolf. Now, we've featured clips from How Did This Get Made and Soundcast featuring those involved with it several times over the last almost 12 years. The most recent time was actually not all that recent, though. In fact, it was way back at the end of December of 2021 in show 284, subtitled Clip the Halls, which is, of course, in our archive where you to want to hear that sooner than later. In case you hadn't heard any of those episodes, its show description says, Have you ever seen a movie so bad that it's amazing? Paul Shear, June, Diane Rayfield, and Jason Menzikus want to hear about it. We'll watch it with our funniest friends and report back to you with the results. The clip I've selected is from the episode from February 23rd, 2023, a movie known as The Number 23. The episode description says, Today, February 23rd, 2023, Paul, June, and Jason break down the 2007 Jim Carrey thriller The Number 23. Coincidence? Let the HDTGM team decide. They discuss all the bonkers' names from Top Secrets to Fingerling to Sirius Leary, the protagonist who hates dogs, Walter Sparrow's sanity, Bud Court's crazy room, the son's childish mug gift, Danny Houston's villainous vibe, and Chekhov's saxophone. Plus, they ask, quote, At the beginning, is Jim Carrey basically playing Ace Ventura? Unquote. And Paul reveals his theory that maybe Walter Sparrow's dog bite gave him rabies. Is Paul right? Crack the code. On a personal note, I've been enjoying the conspiracy surrounding the number 23 for a very, very long time, going back to, I'm going to have to say, about 7th grade. So that's about 1987-ish, quite some time ago. Uh, so let's see, from 1987 to 2007 <laughs> is uh, 20 years, if I'm doing my math correctly. 
and uh it's just it's a really interesting i guess what is it it's not is it not confirmation bias it's frequency bias i believe is what it is but that doesn't mean the 23s aren't everywhere it just means it's probably not as significant as it seems to be and i believe some 23s are put uh in prominent positions in pop culture on purpose just to get people talking about them all right, enough for me. Here's the clip. What is Jim Carrey as a private investigator if he's meeting with suicidal people? Because he's not a cop. He's a PI, right? Did he start as a cop and get, like, oh, disgraced? Was he, did, wasn't there a thing where they were like, you're not a detective anymore or something like well, that? Well, that was that, was that moment that... where he goes, did they take away your gun? And he's like, yeah, but hold yeah. on, but hold on. Yeah. But But when he first meets with that woman, she's... Kind of hanging, like she hung herself. This movie's a representation of of suicide and Wild. and mental illness, frankly, is deeply troubling and problematic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, uh, like across the yeah. board, everything from the from the hospital to the whatever is going on with him, with everybody, everybody. It, it, the the treatment of mental illness in this movie is absolute. You know, just frankly, nuts. Well, maybe uh, maybe because they're all. You know, they're all obsessed with the number 23. So they're not, you know, they can't be doing their job. But that, but that idea that he's like meeting with her, like he's meeting with a woman before she commits suicide to talk to her about why she, I mean, this is where the movie really, like, I don't I, understand I what the fuck is that. going on. I couldn't follow that. And I, I guess know. it makes we'll- sense that it's written by somebody who is having a, a mental breakdown as well, because it is. It is confusing. I mean, it's confusing. It's confusing. Oh, yeah. No, that's the thing is none of the because we spend so much time inside the story, inside the book. Yes. Where Jim Carrey is portraying Detective Fingerling. Again, (laughs) I can't state it enough. His name is Fingerling. Um, And we spend so much time in that story. That, and 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 it features Jim Carrey narrating voiceover for the movie, hard boiled kind of again, like like Raymond Chandler style noir, hard boiled detective stuff, and it's nonsense. None we the the story of the book, the Detective Fingerling story, doesn't make any sense. No, he's not he's not on the case. He's just jumping around, fucking people, holding his sacks. This is Chekhov's sacks. He he's holding it, but he never plays it. By the way, uh, I will say this: um, I wrote it. I jumped up in the middle of watching this movie last night, like I had figured it out. I've only every now and then. I <laughs> every now and then there'll be a moment. Like I figured out the sixth sense before the reveal, and I was like so proud. Like I was like, ah, oh, I did it. And I saw the, and I, I was able to enjoy the movie like for like the the next ten minutes, like seeing what I knew. I jumped up the same way last night, and I was like. He's got rabies. That's what I thought the entire movie was oh, like. Oh wow! Crazy. I love that. I love that as a um, as a from the from the initial dog. Yes, bite. yes. Like he got great. rabies. That's and he's gone crazy. He didn't treat it. Wow. He didn't take it seriously. And then they never even discussed that. That was. A- <laughs> But I really was. That like, would have been incredible because you know perfect. rabies. Once it takes over, it will. It just yeah. you're you're done. It's over. And that's what I thought would have been interesting. I was like, oh, this this is like, but this whole idea of this larger murder plot, and then it's also like you're doing something really weird, which is like 
You're telling three stories. You're telling the story of the dog catcher who has amnesia, who killed this girl that he loved, but then that's also being personified in another book because he's also the suicide blonde. She jumps out the window, but he actually jumped out the window because mm. he was feeling that. So like the movie opens with the end. It's very like, and then when you try to connect the pieces, it doesn't even make it doesn't make Not sense, nor do they even do like that fight club thing of like, oh, you see what you were missing. Nope. Right. Yeah, that's what they they never filled in the blanks for you. They just, you know, they, they, they just give you a couple of reveals that are. Just not satisfying. You know, like the other thing that's really unsatisfying is just the end, the end of the movie. Like when he it should feel incredible when he gets to that room and is ripping the wallpaper off to discover that chapter 23 of the book is on the walls of the hotel. That should be a fucking awesome reveal where you're like, whoa, the missing chapter. And you're like, wait, what? What is going? What? 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 What is this? Also, there's so little, there's so little, the movie is full of truly insane moments that that get no reaction from people. When Bud Court slices his own neck open with a box cutter in the mailbox store, nobody yells, Do you nobody mean the screams. mailbox facility, as Virginia Madsen refers to it? I'm sorry, DMF, the mailbox. <laughs> I love Virginia Madsen. By the way, I also like love Virginia I'm Madsen. Obsessed. I love like, her Virginia- too. It made me think of like, where is she and why don't I see more of her? Like, um, she was terrific in but this. But Virginia Always. Madsen and Logan Lerman, both gr- great actors, and I will say even Jim Carrey in this, all like selling it. Like, except for Jim Carrey's voiceover, everyone, like, I mean, but Virginia Madsen, like, I'm like, Oh, you're, you're, she, but you're like, you're, you have to do the hardest thing, which is like, you come home, your husband's written all over the walls and you're like, Hey, all right. Well, what's, what's on your mind, honey? Like, (laughs) I agree. I agree. I feel like Virginia Madsen and Logan Lerman, uh, and to a lesser degree, Danny Houston, but really Virginia Madsen and Logan Lerman are doing an incredible, are doing yeoman's work trying to ground this movie into like reality by being like okay virginia madsen was married to uh to danny houston what oh i didn't know that from 1989 to 1992 i like that you almost just said that she was married to logan (laughs) (laughs) wow Um, so they were that's interesting okay not married when they were in this movie no but i just when were they married from 1989 to 1992 a short-lived one Oh, interesting. So there's a lot of links here. You can find the show at HDTGM. That's all caps on Twitter. Paul Shear is at capital P-A-U-L, capital S-C-H-E-E-R on Instagram and Twitter. June Diane Rayfield is June Diane on Instagram. That is capital J-U-N-E-D-I-A-N-E. And on Twitter, she is Miss June Diane, which is capital M-S, capital J-U-N-E, capital D-I-A-N-E. Jason Manzoukas is not on Twitter. Uh, there is also a podcast called Unspooled that Paul Shear hosts with Amy Nicholson. There's The Deep Dive with Jessica St. Clair and June Diane Raphael on Earwolf under earwolf.com slash deep dive. Two-thirds of Human Giant, Paul Shear and Rob Hubel are live on Twitch every Thursday at 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That is www.twitch.tv forward slash friendzone. Friendzone is F-R-I-E-N-D-Z-O-N-E. And both HDTGM and Paul Shear have a Discord. And they are under HDTGM and P-A-U-L-S-C-H-E-E-R, respectively. Whatever Letterboxd is, you can also find Paul Shear on Letterboxd. And that is at Letterboxd, L-E-T-T-E-R-B-O-X-D, no E, dot com, forward slash P-A-U-L-S-C-H-E-E-R, forward slash. 
And of course, the main home site of How Did This Get Made is listed under www.earwolf.com, E-A-R-W-O-L-F.com, forward slash show, forward slash how hyphen did hyphen this hyphen get hyphen made. Next up, Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum from Cumulus Podcast Network. This soundcast has been featured once before, back in the end of February 2019 in episode 188, in which Mark Hershon hosted in my stead while I was quite busy navigating life with my, at the time, newborn son, Jareth. This was way back when the episodes typically featured six clips each and were not guaranteed to post with the regularity that they have been since around April of 2020 with our Succotash shut-in phase of this program. In case you hadn't heard that episode or don't know what the soundcast is in this featured clip, its show description reads, I'm Michael Rosenbaum. I've spent the better part of the last two decades in and out of film and television, mostly known for playing the bald dude on the show Smallville. I'm that guy that you probably don't know by name, but when you see my face, you might say, oh, that guy from that thing. I befriended some of the most talented people in the business, but it wasn't until I started inviting them into my home that I realized I didn't really know these people. What started as me having some fun quickly evolved into something I've fallen in love with. What I've discovered is that all these people aren't that different from you and me. They have the same insecurities and flaws that we all deal with every day, in a dark yet enlightening way. I find a lot of comfort in that. I invite you all to join me while I get inside each of these fascinating people. Now, the clip I've chosen is from the episode from September 6th, 2022. It is Stand By Me's Will Wheaton, in an episode called Breaking the Cycle. Its description says, Will Wheaton, of Stand By Me and Big Bang Theory, are the credits it lists, joins us this week to share his brave story of coming to grips with the trauma of his childhood, breaking the cycle so it doesn't carry on to future generations and understanding that part of his healing process may lead to a lifetime split from his family. Will is an open book as he talks about problematic introductions to the world of child acting and how his career was propped up from parental projections onto him. We also get into his annotated look back into the past with Still Just a Geek, his amazement of being in Star Trek as a Trekkie, and how he manages his anxiety, depression, and PTSD. I have a friend who is a legitimate, toured-the-world rock star, right? Frontman for a band, right? Like, a groupie fucking dude, right? <laughs> like, that's just, like, right. he has had that life. And the stories he tells are crazy, all right? When I was young and I was famous... And I can remember now the occasional person kind of like really sort of throwing themselves at me. I never was receptive to that because I felt like that person doesn't see me. That person sees the thing from TV and the movies. And I'm tired of being that thing. I don't want to be that thing. I'm that thing in my house. I'm that thing. Wow, you felt this at a young age. Oh, yeah, I was super aware of it. I was super aware. I was aware of it when we were doing Stand You were by uncomfortable. Me. Extremely uncomfortable. And I didn't like it. And I was like, you know what? I, I understand now, you know, as an, I've been married for 25 years and, wow. and, and, and it's great. And like, and like my wife is my favorite person in the world. And, and we were talking the other day about how when we were younger, like we just weren't people who were kind of like, I don't know, sexually adventurous or like, you know, fooling around with tons of different people and stuff like that. And it turned out that we both came at that from a place of like, I just want someone to see me. Right. Like if you could see me instead of your idea of what you want me to be, this would be really great. Yeah. Let's fool around. It'll be fun. Right. Yeah. But like, I don't want to be your thing. And that was how I felt for so much 
of of my entire childhood. So when when that was all I felt like, and I felt like the only way I mattered in my home, I knew I didn't matter to my dad. But I thought, really was yeah. it was it with the what did he, what would he say to you? What what actions would he have that made um, you feel like that? It was relentless, nonstop, undercutting me, humiliating me, mocking me, um, uh, teasing me until I would get upset and then laughing at me for getting upset. What would he tease you about? I mean, what wouldn't he tease me about? Was it was it a competitive thing? I think it may have been. Um, I you know I tried super hard to have honest, vulnerable conversations with both of my parents for years to understand where this all came from in the hopes that maybe as as a family, we could find a way to kind of work through all of this stuff. Yeah. My my parents are both narcissists. Oh, um, uh, and um, when I, they're the kinds of people that you can't confide in and you can't talk to because when I would try to talk about these things with my mom, right, it was always turned around and twisted. And like, if I said, let's say I say a hundred, um, deeply meaningful, emotionally vulnerable words and two words that as it turns out are factually incorrect. It wasn't a green sign. It was a yellow sign, right? All we talk about is the color of the sign, because if I don't remember the color of the sign, how do I possibly remember everything else? That was sort of how they were, right? So I have to write things down. So I wrote out this extraordinarily long, like, here is my heart. I'm pouring it out to you. How old are um, you? you this? Oh, gosh, this was only a few years ago. This is like five years ago. Oh, so you gave them a chance. Oh, yeah. Big time. Like, this yeah, yeah, is yeah. your opportunity yeah. to acknowledge the things that yeah. you've done, and yeah. maybe we could salvage this. Yeah. And I was like, I really want this. You know, like, here is my reality. I feel like dad doesn't love me and never has. I feel like mom made me a thing, and I want to be your son, and I want to know how we can make that happen, and I want to know what we can do together to like to to so i don't have to hurt anymore i sent that email to both of them it was four months before my mother responded to me so i sent an email that said i think my dad doesn't love me and my mom waited four months to reply to me my dad waited six months to reply to me so just that spoke volumes it, it told me everything i needed to know just after just like a couple of days i was like you know if either one of my kids was like i'm concerned about our relationship you'd respond i would drop immediately when my mom finally replied to me, it was classic her. It was this enormous list of all the things that were just so important. She didn't have time to talk to me. And what I'm supposed to do is feel guilty that I'm taking her away from like her horse. Right. But what I'm reading is here's all the things that are more important to me than you. The email from my dad, which I did not read, came with the following subject line. Your mother wants me to email you. Oh, okay, cool. So it's not, you don't want to, you don't care about this. It's not important. Your mother wants me yeah. to email you and you just threw your heart out on the table yeah. with all these was, things. Yeah. And this is the response you go. Yeah. And what was your first feeling? I was really hurt. I was angry. Um, I felt depressed. Um, I have mental illness. I have depression and anxiety and PTSD. And uh, I'm really aware of all of that. And like, I know how my brain interprets things in ways that uh, that then turn around and express themselves uh, in ways that are like sort of hurtful to me, you know? So like, I have to think about like, okay, I understand what's going on and 
I'm not the person dad said I was. So like, don't react to that invented reality from all the gaslighting and stuff, you know, right. like, know who you are and know what's going on. You can find the show on Twitter at Inside of You Pod. That is all lowercase I-N-S-I-D-E-O-F-Y-O-U-P-O-D. Guest Will Wheaton can be found at all lowercase W-I-L-W. And the host Michael Rosenbaum can be found at M-I-C-H-A-E-L-R-O-S-E-N-B-U-M. The show's website is listed at insideofyoupodcast.com. That is www.insideofyoupodcast.com. Well, hello, friends. Bill Haywatt here. You know, as the saying goes, fame is fleeting. But it doesn't have to be. When you become well-known for wearing Henderson's spiffy new Hooray for Hollywood slacks, you'll be doing a star turn every time you hit the town in these ultra-modern, ultra-cool pants because they are custom-fitted, but not customized to your contours. Oh, my goodness, no. Hooray for Hollywood slacks! designed for both men and women have been made to duplicate the look of some of the silver screen's most famous butts and groins. Imagine having your behind mistaken from behind for Cary Grant or Charlize Theron or the daring derriere of Scarlett Johansson or Bradley Cooper. Even the spectacular package of Milton Berle, Forrest Tucker or John Hamm. It's a case of mistaken identity that you'll be happy to have. Not to mention that now as you bump and grind your way down the street, it will be like being on your very own personal walk of fame. Originally designed for Shia LaBeef, most residents of Reseda and the Beverly Hills Police Stalkers Task Force, Henderson's Hooray for Hollywood pants are available wherever the beautiful people are afraid to shop. Plus in Kardashian sizes by special order only. That's Henderson's makers of fine leggings and butthuggers since 1867. And now back to Sakatash. And thank you again, Bill Haywatt. Finally tonight, Nooner from Smodcast Network. Its show description says, Podcast by Nooner. That is really all it says. So, here's my bit. Really, what can be said about Nooner Podcast that hasn't already been? The show started with Dan Etheridge and Marty Yu hosting from Kevin Smith's Living Room, way back in 2011 with their first guest, Martin Starr. It's a soundcast that is almost as old as the one you're currently listening to. Since it started, the show has had some lineup changes, whose personalities include, but are not limited to, Stephen Kruger, Bill Watterson, Emily O'Hare? O'Hara? I don't know, and it's extremely difficult to find information. But I did not hallucinate her. She exists. Giselle Nett, John Piricello, Cassandra Cardenas, and John Sylvain. These are the most frequent co-hosts. Other folks who co-hosted more than once, and may I remind you that I'm going from memory, include Scott Marvel Cassidy and Vivian Martinez. I have been listening to and contributing to the show in some way or another since the beginning, including music and live tumblering, which becomes harder to explain as time goes by. They are a very nice group of people who have been very, very morally and creatively supportive of me over the years. So featuring them occasionally in place of perhaps a soundcast that I've never heard before seems reasonable to me. The clip I've selected is from a show from January 31st in 2023, episode 346. Interesting, because we're at 347 now, and we might actually pass them at some point. Anyway, the episode is called Babylon is the Worst First Date. The episode description says Marty and John talk nonsense, but just fast forward to hear the funny Merp. Merp is minor internet radio personality. 
Cassandra, talk about why weddings are bullshit and why Babylon is like disappointing sex. And then let us know what you think at NoonerPodcast.gmail.com. Elvis, did anyone see Elvis? No. I saw the trailer and I saw Tom Hanks's accent in the trailer and I decided that I would just listen to Sylvano Elvis music instead. Pass, yeah. Everyone said that it was bad and then all of a sudden that award seasons came up. I think people actually started to watch it and they're like, Oh, that was actually not bad. Like they just Well, I think it's bad for a Baz Lerman film that was about Elvis. Yeah, but it it got smeared like immediately out the gate. And so I don't know anyone who's seen it. And now everyone is starting to see it because it's being nominated for stuff. And people are like, Oh, that wasn't that bad. I don't know why everyone was saying how bad it was. And so I was like, okay, shit, do I need to watch this? But then I see how they're all so fucking long. These, I know they're getting empowered to make movies that are too long. I watched another long one, but I won't talk about it right now because we're doing this. And it was it was widely considered snubbed by the Oscars. Okay, you got to mention it. What is it? Babylon. Fuck that. No, I got no time. That shit was three hours and nine. Can I spoil it? Please. Yeah. Okay, this isn't like a major spoiler, is but the Damien Chazelle film with uh, the Australian lady, Margot Robbie, and, and um, Leo DiCaprio. Yeah, and so don't if you no, want, don't want to hear Pitt. about it, Brad Pitt. Oh um, my God, duh. sorry, Brad um, Pitt. She's about to spoil it, so go ahead. Well, it's not okay. Whatever. So it's about the silent film era, silent film era, and then like the transition to talkies and whatever. So here's the deal: it was really fun, and it was very like I really enjoyed it. But, but, shit was three hours and nine minutes. I have a tiny yeah. bladder. Well, I watched the screener. You think I'm going to see that in the theaters? Right. Ah, hardly. But, um, and now it's uh, streaming, so you can watch it at home. But the film ends, and I don't know if this is like a normal Damien Chazelle thing. I haven't, I didn't see La La Land or any of his other stuff. But, like, the film ends with this, like, seven minute like recap of the film that we just watched so can i just watch that no damn it no i mean you can but like and it's like all these vibrant colors and all this kind of stuff and i was like i honestly felt like i was strapped to a chair and that this director was just jerking off on yeah. my face. Like, and like, you were like, like, again, like, style, again, like eyes like strapped open. No consent. How dare you? We just <laughs> watched this movie and you're making me sit here for this like six or seven minute fucking film school ass ending where you recap the movie like as if this character's about to die or something. His life is flat, but he doesn't. Ugh. Oh my god! I was like fuming. I was like, "Why did you take that movie that I actually like was enjoying and wasn't <laughs> even really feeling that it was that long?" And then all of a sudden, you give me this and you just fuck me. You just fuck me, and I'm like, "Oh, it made me so mad." I, I so just, you're saying that the movie isn't really—it's not too long until after two hours and fifty-seven minutes. And then it's totally fine. And then the last seven minutes make it way too long. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. And it, that's, it, that's the thing. It's totally fair. That is the it's, thing. It's the feeling of being on 
a great date and it's funny and like conversations flowing and it's so great and you're like I think I'm gonna go home with this person like everything is cool and then like and you're going home with them and you're kissing and it's exciting and then you look down and he's wearing jorts (laughs) no like no it gets better it gets better. You start. You start having sex, and oh, everything geez. is fine. Oh my fine. god, we've gone that and, far. Okay. But, but then, but then, and like you're like you have an, a couple, like you have an orgasm, and and they're like let's let's get you again, and you're like okay, and but then they come up, and they're like all right, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna it's my turn now, and you're like okay, sure, like what a what a great night, and he goes. <laughs> Tell me how I'm a bad person. And then in the like, morning, I have an you, early morning. I actually have an early morning. So no, I, I am crying, but I still have a question. Um, Women can have orgasms. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Then, yeah, but that doesn't make up for it. That is that doesn't make that's up for what it. That movie feels like. I mean, that part. Of, I'm so familiar with that part. Yeah, that's that's the feeling of that movie. Wait, hold so. on, just a minute, just a minute. Are you saying girls don't like that? <laughs> no. <laughs> girls might, but women don't. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. That um okay, that is the best review. I don't know how you can put that in a little blurb that goes on the poster. Wee 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 almost almost not yet. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. Uh, um, yeah. Anyways, I'm so, never. Can I going call to you an to... Uber? Or, yeah. uh... I'm never going to be able to watch that movie ever, ever, ever. <laughs> you should. No. It's pretty good. Until it's not. Um, is there We're so close? We not yet. 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 Oh God. <laughs> Oh my god! All right, thanks for like, like I said, it's pretty the good list movie. of movies I have to watch. Yeah, yeah, I, I stand corrected. Yeah, it's I'll on my it. it's on my watch list now. Ooh, it's fun. <laughs> so you can find the show at Nooner Podcast on Twitter. That is capital N O O N E R, capital P O D C A S T. Marty, you can be found at all lowercase M A R T Y Y U. Cassandra Cardenas, you probably prefer you find her on Instagram. At all lowercase Cass Cardenas, C A S S C A R D E N E S. Cassandra just got married. Congratulations. I believe her last name is hyphenated more, but I'm not sure. M O O R E. I will need to confirm that at a later time. And John Sylvain can be found on Twitter at S Y L V A I N B B B. And um, if you're not looking on iTunes, uh, many of their episodes can be found on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com, S O U N D C L O U D.com forward slash Nooner Dan Marty. 
N-O-O-N-E-R-D-A-N-M-A-R-T-Y. And that brings us more or less neatly to the end of this episode of Succotash. I do hope you found something interesting and or enjoyable in the last half hour or so of content. It's Oscar Day as I write this and will likely be Oscar night as I am recording this. Uh, P.S. it is. I'm rooting for everything everywhere all at once to win Best Picture. It's been nominated for 11 Oscars and I hope they win nearly all of them. I say nearly because one of the categories they've been nominated for is Best Song and although I'm sure that the Sun Lux Mitski David Byrne song This Is A Life from E2A2O is perfectly fine. Natu Natu from RRR is also nominated and that song is awesome. To be fair, I haven't listened to This Is Life that closely. Certainly not to the degree that I've heard Natu Natu. Okay, I'll be right back. I'm going to give the E2A2O song a closer listen. Okay, I've listened to it closely. I absolutely grok it, but I still really want Natu Natu to win. At the very least, I hope to enjoy seeing the Oscar performance of Natu Natu later on YouTube. Assuming that there is an Oscar performance of Natu Natu planned, and why wouldn't there be? As I mentioned before, it is awesome. And so are you, for listening. The next episode will be hosted by Mark Hirshon, and it will most likely be numbered 348. We are sailing along to our 12-year anniversary of this show, and we'll see you when we get there one way or the other. Thank you for listening, be decent to each other, and should you be out there in the world with thoughts about anything you heard in this episode, and you feel any reason to share that information with other people, we'd appreciate that a great deal. It's what we mean when we ask you to please pass the succotash. You've been listening to Suckatash, the comedy soundcast, soundcast, with your host, Tyson Saner. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants and... Imagine your company's name right here. Rate us and review us at Apple and Google Podcasts. Find us on the web at SuckatashShow.com. On Stitcher. On iHeartRadio. On YouTube. On SoundCloud. And wherever fine soundcasts are streamed and or downloaded. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Suckatash Show. Like us on Facebook. Email us at tyson at succotashshow.com or call into the Suckatash Skype line at our toll call number 818-921-7212. You can also upload clips from your favorite comedy soundcasts directly to us using our direct upload link at hightail.com slash you slash Suckatash. Suckatash is produced and engineered by Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, the home of the hit. Our hosts are Mark Hershon and Tyson Saner. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Durgis. Suckatash is executive produced by Mark Hershon. Until next time, I'm your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the Suckatash goodbye. This has been a Succotash Patch production.